right now as community members, we are supporting our local small businesses to the best of our ability because when we do that, we're supporting a family or an individual who's invested in a community regardless of the risk. Welcome to another episode of Foraging Forward, the official podcast of Forward Cities. And I'm your host, Roger Satterwhite, Content Marketing Manager at Forward Cities. Forward Cities is a national nonprofit equipping communities and regions to grow and sustain more equitable entrepreneurial ecosystems. Today, I will be talking with Forward Cities Program Manager of Community Entrepreneurship for New Kensington, Pennsylvania, about ecosystem building and recovery in the wake of the COVID-19 global health crisis. Hi, Kim. Could you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Kim Lewis. I am the Forward Cities Project Manager for the readiness assessment and the engagement in New Kensington, Pennsylvania. Um, New Kensington is a small rust belt city right outside of Pittsburgh. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for being with us today on Forging Forward. Um, and can you paint a picture of the current situation in New Ken? Um, and then what has been some immediate uh, responses and uh, mobilization as far as a response to COVID? Yes, thanks, Raja. Um, first off, I want to start with uh, explaining that New Kensington has been a declined city since the late 70s, early 80s. And there have been a lot of efforts in the last decade to really transform what has, was an empty downtown corridor into a vibrant community that would draw in people from the region. And all of those efforts began aligning as Forward Cities came into the community, and we saw a lot of momentum probably the last six to eight months um, with the Forward Cities efforts, with efforts through Penn State New Kensington, with efforts from the city, with efforts from private investors. And right as COVID hit in March, all of the initiatives for the community were headed in the same direction with everybody in their lane doing their thing and a lot of cooperation. The Forward Cities initiatives that happened really got people connected and communicating and wanting to see the community move forward and there was a lot of excitement. And COVID hit right as one of our pilot programs was ending And in that pilot program, there were 14 business owners who participated. As COVID came into the community, I was able to keep up with many of those business owners and check in with them about what was going on with their small businesses, whether or not they were going to make it. And there was a lot of fear in March, right, as this was happening, because we just didn't know how long we were going to be on lockdown, if there was going to be hope for the future. Um, there, It was just so much unknown. Forward Cities, we were able to award them microgrants that were connected to their participation in our pilot program that they had already applied for, but our funder was able to help us shift those pilot programs or, or those initiatives into, um, into instead of paying for the grant that they applied for, we were able to shift the use of those grants for what is your immediate need because of COVID. 
And so those COVID relief grants that we gave to the organizations, they were $1,000 each, um, were able to be used for whatever was most needed in the moment. And you saw, uh, or at least I saw as I interacted with these business owners, I saw their faces light up and kind of them get excited that, okay, wow, that really did help out. That really did make an impact. Um, so as I was interacting with business owners moving forward through the, through the lockdown, um, you know, they're just continued unknown and, and, and continued, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where this is headed. As Pennsylvania came out of needing to be as locked down as, as some of the strict measures were lifted, it, you really heard people starting to go, okay, wait, there is a way forward. And in the midst of all this, it was kind of like um, we were playing the game Jumanji 2020 version here in New Kensington. And here's why. We have COVID hit. We get on lockdown. Schools are closed. Kids in the school district, many of them didn't have Wi-Fi. We are a high poverty community. Um, schools trying to figure out how to connect kids to education. Organizations are trying to help with that. Food banks are overtaxed. Um, in the midst of it, our grocery store closed. So the neighborhood where we had the most homes without vehicles ended up, there's no grocery store that the homes can walk to. And then in the midst of all that, a tornado hit. And the tornado hit small businesses that participated in our pilot programs here at Forward Cities and hit our new microbrewery voodoo that never actually got to open yet. Um, and so there were all of these things that happened where as a community, even though we were in isolation, we had to bond together and we had to communicate and we had to move forward. And I think that the trials that we walked through actually created this sense of hope. Well, as the restrictions in Pennsylvania lifted, Voodoo was able to get a license to open a beer garden on the yard outside of their facility, and it opened last Friday. And there was so much energy, and there was so much excitement behind it. It's almost as if this crisis is causing us to have a better foundation to move forward as a community in the same initiatives that were going on before, but with the renewed strength and energy. And so now as we are entering um, essentially like a f our first full fourth month of um, COVID, what do you think are going to be some other needs for entrepreneurs and small businesses as either forms of relief or um, figuring out what the next stage is um, for just opening back up? Um, I know we've seen a rise in uh, cases um, in different uh, communities, but what do you think um, or has been communicated to you as far as like needs from entrepreneurs and small businesses um, as we continue to go through the pandemic? I think the problem is there isn't reliable sources of income, that businesses cannot count on sales to meet their business needs. So a lot of business, small business owners, especially sole proprietorships, are dependent on their own personal wealth to meet the needs of businesses. And um, I think it's a misconception in this country that if you open a small business, you have money because that's not necessarily the case. Entrepreneurs right. are people who have an idea and decide that their idea is 
going to be their livelihood. And a lot of times entrepreneurs are coming out of almost nothing to get started to meet the dream that they have for what their life will be like and what their passions are. And so when you're looking at the small businesses in New Kensington, most of them are that. Most of them, there isn't family money. There isn't big savings accounts. There isn't a depth of wealth they can rely on to have three, four, five, six months a year of unstable income. Owning a small business is already unstable. This has made it a lot worse. And so when you talk about what do small businesses and entrepreneurs need, seed money and then support to keep moving forward, even in the midst of unstable income coming in, because small businesses are the pillar of a vibrant downtown and small business owners are the core group involved in that vibrancy. And if those aren't there, if communities can't make a way for small businesses to be there and be thriving, you don't have a draw of people coming in to keep your local economy going. So it's really important that in communities right now, as community members, we are supporting our local small businesses to the best of our ability, because when we do that, we're supporting a family or an individual who's invested in a community regardless of the risk. And um, you spoke to supporting this effort. Can you speak more to your role um, and what your role has been in Newkin and what does that mean to you as someone who is from the community, um, but also working in the community? Yes. Um, so I have a dual role in New Kensington. I'm a nonprofit director for a program that works with children, and I have been the project manager for the Forward Cities initiatives here in the community. So for the past 18 months, I have been working with community stakeholders so that we can support local community members in achieving more in the workforce by providing them with more training and more opportunities so they can get better jobs so that as members of this community, they're able to better meet their own needs. And I've been working with entrepreneurial support organizations um, to help put initiatives in place so that we have more equity in our local economic ecosystem um, where people in the community who live in barriers that would keep them out of small business and entrepreneurship have the same opportunities as people who it's easy for them to enter into that. So I, a lot of what I've done for the past 18 months is just engage the conversation with local stakeholders and community members to come up with some minimal viable initiatives that we can do to start moving toward bridging the community members into the excitement and the redevelopment that's going on. Um, the main organization, pillar organization that I've been working with is Penn State New Kensington. Penn State New Kensington for the last decade has really invested in the downtown of New Kensington that they call the corridor of innovation. And they're working on bringing in high tech opportunities to the community, providing training for community members in high tech, high growth positions so that people have better paying jobs and better opportunities and access to technology that's really going to forge forward over the next many, several years. Um, and through working with Penn State New Kensington, the small initiatives that we've got 
in place are able to take off and help support more local people to start businesses. And we've already seen a lot of that um, going on. My pro- Unfortunately, my project for New Kensington is done on Tuesday, my 18 months of project managing. Um, but as a community member, I get to continue moving forward and I get to work with Forward Cities a little bit longer um, to help finish up some of the initiatives that we started and bridge them into the partner organizations. And my role really has been to network between all of the different stakeholders and community members to have a voice in what's going on in the community, get them connected to each other in a way that they can move forward without forward cities needing to be here. And I know you will be missed, Kim. Um, Thank you for your work. Um, And you mentioned um, Penn State being essentially um, activating its role as an anchor institution. and providing support as far as like the catalyst um, and activities that you've been doing to support uh, small business and the economy um, in New Ken. Um, and what do you see as the role for ecosystem builders like yourself playing in the short and long term of your community, New Ken, and the economy um, as we see ourselves um, working through our new normal? I really think it's important for ecosystem builders to be that person who translates between anchor institutions and community. Um, I, Because of my work in my nonprofit uh, and I live in the neighborhood, I have been able to get to know the community as I am a community member too. So I am able to speak the language of community members and speak the language of university professors and chancellors and consultants and really find a way to translate what one group is saying in a way that the other group can understand and vice versa. And it's really important to understand that, you know, people use language differently. People have different stories that they come out of and to really advocate for what is the common ground between group A and group B and why is it that they're not understanding each other or the communication is misfiring? So really, my role in the last 18 months was to find what is our common ground that we can all get behind and how do we advocate for that for both, organi- or both sets of people or there could be multiple sets of people. I really think it's important for ecosystem builders to understand that. The other thing that I think ecosystem builders need to understand is COVID has been trauma for the entire world. So trauma looks differently, different for different people in different situations and comes out differently in people. And I think that it's important as ecosystem builders that we afford grace to people who are handling trauma differently than us or differently than each other. And if we can help be a translator of, well, the reason that's happening is this, or the reason that's happening is that, um, because I think that we have to own the fact that taking away our freedom to do life the way we've done life all these years has caused personal trauma on everyone, um, because it, and it's a hidden, invisible virus that caused it. It wasn't a person. You can't point fingers and blame in this type of situation. And 
the thing that has caused the trauma is invisible. You don't know where it is. You don't know what's happening with it. Um, and so you have to understand that, that it hit, has it hit everybody differently. And then as we're coming out of it or right now still in the middle of it, we have to understand that, you know, if somebody's not doing something the way we would do it, it probably has nothing to do with us that that's the case. And so really finding what is the common language here, what is the common goal, and how do we go in the same direction, understanding where the other person is coming from. What's neat about New Kensington, as Voodoo opened last weekend and I was able to participate. And so the community back together, we're all 10 feet apart, but we can yell across 10 feet and still connect. And um, what's neat is everybody is moving in, a, moving in the same direction. And I'm seeing people try to understand where somebody has come is coming from. I'm seeing that compassion piece that I think is important for anchor institutions, stakeholders in the community and community members and ecosystem builders to put into everything we do. And so if somebody speaks to us in a way that's uncomfortable, if we can afford them the grace, that that probably happened because of the same reason I'm grouchy for no reason because I don't get to go to the mall and go shopping with my family. You know, so, so we, you know, it's really important, I think, in the midst of COVID to find common language, um, find common ways to communicate with each other and, and afford everybody grace because trauma lands differently on everyone. And I think that's a great point um, that we do have to recognize the impact COVID is like affecting all of us, like outside of working and day to day, we are personally, we're humans um, and we operate off routines and things like that. Um, but I really appreciate just in watching you work from a distance, how you've been able to still connect with people, like you said, allow people grace, allow a moment to connect before diving into content. Um, and so could you share with our audience just a little bit about your personal experience and how you've been led to this position um, of an ecosystem builder, someone? Um, I've been studying John Perkins since I was in college. Uh, my degree is in urban studies. And so I, the entire time I was at the University of Pittsburgh, I was working in community, I was doing homeless interventions, I was um, running after school programs at the local high school, doing all kinds of things. Um, fast forward, I graduated from a seminary and got a youth ministry degree, and then I worked at a whole bunch of urban churches and did a bunch of different work, um, working with people in barriers. Um, and then fast forward, uh, I married my husband, who is a drug and alcohol rehab director, and um, we adopted four children, and our household looks like the United Nations because none of us match each other, um, which is, to me is beautiful. Um, and then fast forward, as a family, we grew out of our house, and we decided, okay, we need to buy a home. So we're going to be intentional about buying our home. And so remembering John Perkins with the reconciliation, relocation, redistribution, we're like, well, what are we going to, where do we want to buy a home? Where do we see buying a home making the biggest impact it can make based on who we are? Because at that point in time, I had, quote unquote, retired from working and I was a full-time stay-at-home mom for our children. 
um, and I didn't intend to work again. And then we um, found my dream house on Fifth Avenue in New Kensington. I won't give you the house number so you guys can't visit me. And so as we were here and watching what was going on in the community, we're like, we have to invest here. My husband and I were like, we have skills and abilities and experience. We have to invest. So I started the nonprofit that I run, Sunward, um, you through my experience of running all the different programs I had run since college. Um, and we went from what was a week-long soccer camp to now a full-blown workforce development program for teenagers that includes mentoring and gardening and all kinds of enrichment programs. And now we provide a feeding program that has become more and more important since COVID started. Um, but this was where... By, by caring about the kids in the community and remembering that somebody who's different than me is not bad and then applying, you know, uh, what's our point of connection? You care about your kid and I care about your kid too. Let's get to know each other. Over a decade of doing that in community, I've been able to just become part of the community. And it was at that moment where I said, okay, I'm part of this community now. Like I'm not just a transplant. I'm part of this community, but I'm part of the whole community, not just the community that looks like me and um, does things the way I do. I'm part of the community. And I think what's happened over the years is because I've taken seriously reconciliation, relocation, redistribution, and said, how do I personally apply this to me? That has, without me using words, that has afforded me to be trusted by people who aren't just the community members, who aren't just the stakeholders, but it's afforded me to be trusted because honestly, um, I show up and what you see is what you get and I'm going to be genuine and I'm going to tell you what I think and I'm going to let you tell me what you think and if you come at me with energy, um, that's fine and if I come at you with energy, that's fine because we're going to get through it because this is my community. These are my relationships. This is the town I love and these are the people I love. And we're doing life together. And we're doing life together in such a way that anytime there's something at a business in downtown New Kensington that I need, even if it costs more than buying it at Walmart, I'm going to choose the small business owner first. And, it, you know, because I'm saving the gas money having to drive to Walmart because I can walk a couple blocks and get it. And so that, I think, you know, understanding that, you know, my wealth needs to be used in my community. My relationships need to be the people in my community. And I need to live where the people are who I am supposed to be around. That that in and of itself, without using words, gains um, the trust that you're asking about. I really appreciate that. And um, I think you beautifully illustrated just the impact you can have when you invest in not just like with your mon uh, money or monetary value, but when you are committed to making these relationships, making the change, making the connections, what can happen when people trust you and you build those relationships. Um, and speaking about how you've been able to connect with your community that way, um, what would you say is unique to New Kensington that will um, contribute to your resiliency as a community? What is unique about uh, New Ken? I think what, what I found unique to New Ken is if you talk to people and you say, why are you here? Most of them are going to say, because I love the people. 
I am here because I love the people. And it's going to be people from every socioeconomic demographic and people from every race. That there is this camaraderie here and this shared story that the community has together. Um, one of the things that I've kind of left out, but that New Kensington is very proud of, is we were a mob town and we were run by the Manorino family. And, you know, whether that's good or bad, we're just going to say it's just different at this point. But people are proud of the heritage. And I think that as a community, we know that together, because we love each other, we love the people, that we have a rich future in store for us as well. And the heritage and our pride of our history and, you know, Alcoa was here. And so we were a big aluminum town. Um, if you ever heard of Kensington Ware, it's aluminum serving dishes that were made in New Kensington. So everybody here is proud of Kensington Ware. I have some Kensington Ware pieces myself that you can buy at a small business called Trovo Company here in downtown New Kensington on Etsy. So give a shout out to one of our local businesses. Um, you People are proud of the heritage. We have a shared story. We are proud of the future that we can create together. And our resiliency is coming from before COVID, we were headed in the same direction and aligned. And now that we've come back together, we've recognized the value of that. And there's energy and excitement and hope behind the fact that we can keep forging forward. Thank you so much, Kim. This has been Forging Forward. To learn more about our work, check out the important links included in the show description or visit forwardcities.org. If you have enjoyed listening to Forging Forward, be sure to rate and review the show on whichever platform you're listening. And share your favorite episode on social using the hashtag FFPod or by simply tagging Forward Cities. Take care. Forging Forward was made possible by leaders of Ford Cities. Christopher Gergen, Faye Horwitt, Michelle Benham, and special thanks to Simone Fogg.